Welcome to Salem First Assembly Podcast. May this week's message by Pastor Brian D. Corkin be a blessing to your life in helping you to grow in your understanding of God's Word, strengthen your faith, and equip you to become all that God has created you to be. Put your hands together and welcome this morning. Come on up. Welcome. God bless you. God bless you. Hi, church. Good morning. Um, my name is Chelsea. I am, um, what's so loud, the education coordinator at the Hoving Home in, um, in Oxford, New Jersey. And, um, and I just want to thank you for having us. We're just very grateful to be here. Um, I'm so grateful to be part of a, a wonderful ministry that gives hope to women. You know, that word is spot on, Pastor. Um, I love looking at this banner that says, um, God gives hope. You know, Romans 5, 5 says, um, and hope doesn't put give us and hope doesn't put us to shame because the love of God has been poured into us through through Christ Jesus and that's what our women represent today. Um, so uh, I just wanted to say, so jails, hospitals, or death; those are the three endings that are most associated with addiction. And um, but at the Hoving Home, we believe that there's a different ending. So. <clears throat> When we were alive, when we were dead in our transgressions, we had no hope, and um, and when we were living in sin, we had no hope. But when we come in through the doors of the Hoving Home, Jesus gets into our lives. Um, I came through the Hoving Home. I went through the program three years ago, and um, I was a broken lost individual. I had no hope, no future. But when I came through the doors of the Hoving Home, I, I had an encounter with Jesus that that he transformed my life. He transformed my heart. He transformed my my way of thinking. And um, and so um, when the women come through the doors of the Hoving Home, they, um, they are in... Um, uh, they go through a 30-day, it's a 6 to 12-month program, and for the first 30 days, they're a guest. So they are learning new ways of living, new ways of thinking and speaking with each other. And um, and then after that, it's, um, it's um, excuse me, it's, uh, sorry, let me start over. So from 1967, over 25,000 women have come to the doors of the Hoving Home. And, um, and have had the opportunity to have a life-changing experience with Jesus Christ. Um, so when we surveyed the women that have graduated the program, um, over 82% of those women have never returned to their old way of life. We have five, no, we have seven programs in five different locations. There is the New York home, there's the New Jersey home, there's the North Carolina home, uh, there's California and Las Vegas. And, um, and we also have a new program in Garrison, which is the Lioness and the Lamb, where women with children or if they're pregnant, they can come through the doors and learn a new way of living. So our country has experienced the worst drug epidemic in the, in the world has ever seen. Overdose is the number one killer of Americans under the age of 50. And the fastest growing segment affected is women. But less than 35% of beds for help across the U.S. are designated for women. So um, 
when the women come through the doors, if they decide to say six months, they are just learning a foundation. They are coming through the doors to learn a foundation in Jesus and learning a new way of, um, you know, just reacting and responding to things that used to overwhelm them. And then if they stay for the 12 months, they are... Um, you know they have a they have grown in the Lord. They are learning um, to you know speak different, to um, become servants of the Lord, to give back to the community. To you know they have a new joy that's um, that's in their hearts because of the power of Jesus Christ that we believe in. Um, so so after and so they go through the program. They can graduate and um, and after six months after they pro. Um, after they complete the program, um, they can come back and graduate. And in that six months, they have a, a they have a opportunity to you know remain abstinent, or remain um, still clean and sober, and just living a life for the Lord. Um, we have aftercare parts of the program where they um, they can be a completer. They can work and live at the home. Um, there's other segments where it's it's called unshattered, where they where they can. Um, they can live at the program and uh, make purses. It's called Unshattered. Um, and so uh, let me just get to this point. So <laughs> we have different parts. I'm sorry, I totally went off of this. So we have different parts, um, different ways to um, to partner with the home, which is one, of course, is to pray for us. Please keep us in prayer. Um, the second way is to um, volunteer. If anybody has a skill or a trade or would just like to come and spend time or fellowship with us, um, we would be glad to have you. And then um, also outside of the doors, right when you walk out, there's a table where um, a couple of our women will be um, selling some of our things. We have um, they've made aprons and um, plaques that um, if you want to enjoy and um, and there's another part of it. There's this, excuse me, this tear out, this tear out. Um, this is, um, if you want to, you know, just get um, information about us, um, if you fill out this little tear out, um, Steph, uh, Sierra will be glad to give you it. And um, we'll give you a free book. It lets, us, lets you know about the home. And... Um, <laughs> Sorry, let, um, let me just introduce the ladies if you want to come make your way up. <laughs> so sorry. And they'll be singing for you, giving you their testimony, sharing their hearts. Thank you. I just ask that you open your hearts to them. And they'll introduce themselves. Hi, my name is Gwen. I have been at the house for a month and a half, and I'm from New Jersey. Hi, my name's Elizabeth. Um, I've been at the Hoving Home for four months now. I'm from North Carolina. Hi, I'm Lisa. I've been there for two and a half months, and I'm from Brooklyn, New York. Hi, my name is Faith. I've been there for almost two months, and I'm from Rhode Island. Hello, my name is Janice, and I'm from Franklin, Louisiana, and I've been here almost nine months. Hi, my name is Stephanie. I'm from North Carolina, and I've been here six months. 
Hi, I'm Raina Lisa Morales. I've been in the program for six months, and I'm from New York City, New York. I'm Tracy. I'm from New Jersey, and I've been here for two months. My name is Sierra. I am 22 years old, born and raised in North Carolina, and I've been in the program for three months. Um, I was an only child growing up, being raised by my grandparents because my mother was an addict, always in and out of jail. And the few memories that I do have with her weren't good memories at all, and I never knew my father. I was very sheltered as a child because of how my mother turned out, causing me to start sneaking out, going to parties, drinking, smoking weed, and meeting guys. When I was 17, I ended up pregnant, but the father was never really involved. So I was left alone and now scared because I knew my grandparents were going to kick me out. A couple months later, I ended up meeting a man and fell in love. Everything was going great for a while until one day he came home angry and yelling and started hitting me, cracking my jaw on both sides and almost breaking my eye socket. We physically and verbally fought almost every day after. And I soon found out that he started acting this way because he was doing the drugs that he was selling. One of the fights we got in um, caused me to dislocate my knee, so he, of course, offered me heroin for the pain. At 20 years old, I found myself consistently using heroin every day, not just to numb the physical pain, but the emotional pain from all the hurt over the years. I ended up sending my son to go live with a close friend of mine because I didn't want him around all the horrible things that I was doing. And the man that I was dating ended up getting arrested shortly after that. So I took over his clientele and started selling drugs, which just introduced me to more drugs and more dangerous situations. At this point, I had tried every drug there was, been with many different men, and hadn't seen or spoken to my son in months. But none of it seemed to matter because I had fell in love with the lifestyle that I had created, with the fast money and all the attention that I received. But that soon came crashing down when I got arrested. That's when I realized none of the people that I had around me really cared about me. They only cared about what I had. After serving my time, I got released only to catch another charge four days later. That's when I realized I needed to get help and change my life. So I called my grandmother and I asked her to please come get me, that I was willing to take whatever it was to get help. So she came and she got me and she gave me the number to the Hoving Home Crisis Center in North Carolina. That same day, I entered into the home, and I was greeted with genuine, friendly, loving smiles, something that I was not used to. I had lost faith in God a long time ago. I had started to believe in karma. I did bad things, so bad things happened to me. But that was just the enemy working. I now thank God for everything that I've been through because it brought me here. I would have never found God the way that I have if not for my struggles. I am no longer mean and manipulative, but I'm heartfelt and honorable. I'm no longer bitter and a bully, but I'm happy and I'm humble. I've just been filled with so much peace and joy since being here. And I'm surrounded by all these beautiful women that I get to call my sisters. I get to call and speak to my son almost every day, as well as get to FaceTime him, which just fills me with even more joy. My future plans include going to the Leadership Academy that the Hoving Home has to offer, so I can help learn to lead and guide women like myself to the Lord and all of his glory that he has in store for us. And the scripture that I stand on is Habakkuk 1.5. Look at the nations and watch and be utterly amazed, for I am going to do something in your days that you would not believe even if you were told.
Allison. I'm from Pennsylvania. I'm 46 and divorced. Um, I was addicted to alcohol, Xanax, and gabapentin. My life has been full of abuse, trauma, and abandonment from child up through adulthood. At the age of four, I found out I was the product of an affair. Um, my father was married. My mom didn't know. A couple of years after, I can remember my father locking me and my baby brother in a closet and beating my mom outside. I can still hear the screams and hear the crying and see the black and blue marks. That's when the nightmares began. Um, a couple of years later, I um, found out that my father had an affair with my best friend's mother. So at that point in time, I um, graduated from the closet to the refrigerator. I started eating a lot. And um, that's when I started self-isolating. Um, pretty much, Domestic violence was an everyday occurrence in my life, and because of that, that's when I, again, I apologize, I started self-isolating. I would, you know, stay away from people. I would just come home when I needed to just to check on my brother and just kind of kept to myself and threw myself into schoolwork. Um, around the age of 20, I met a man. I got married, and um, I wanted to have a baby. He didn't because at the age of 18, I had miscarriage, so I really wanted a child. And I decided, you know what, if you're not going to give that to me, I'm going to find somebody who will. So that's when I started looking for love in all the wrong places, and I found my second addiction, my second love, alcohol. I started drinking, you know, going to karaoke. What started out as fun didn't become fun. It became a full-blown issue. And, um, and because of that, I alienated a lot of people in my life. Um, in 2016, on Mother's Day, while I'm in the hospital, um, fighting for my life because of alcohol poisoning, and my boyfriend at the time, he's in jail incarcerated because of drugs, I found out my mother had died. And um, it was pretty bad. I got out and I started drinking more and more. And then the year after, I delivered a three-month-old stillborn baby in the hospital by myself. He again was incarcerated a second time and was not there. But you know what? But God, he's, he's a... He's a good man, and he um, brought my best friend back into my life a couple months ago. And she told me, Allison, you really need to get your life together. She gave me a reality check. And because of failed attempts at rehab, I called the Hoving Home. And since being there, most importantly, I've accepted Jesus as my Christ and Savior. I've been able to break walls down, and I've been able to trust people. I've forgiven my father. Um, I went from being worthless to being worthy. And I've been able to love and receive love back from my sisters. My future plans are to go back to school to become a Christian counselor. And the scripture that I stand on is um, Proverbs 31.25. She is clothed with dignity and strength. She can laugh at the days to come. Good morning, church. Um, my name is Laura. And I have been at the Hoving Home. I'm in my 11th month, I'm 42 years old, and I'm from Morris County, New Jersey. I am the oldest of five children with two brothers and two sisters. I grew up in a very abusive household. My father was a violent alcoholic and drug addict. He used to beat my mother up daily and had started to molest me at the age of four. My every day consisted of getting my brother and sister in a room to keep them away from the crossfire. My mom worked third shift, so the uh, sexual abuse was an every night occurrence. 
My father was also suicidal. I remember having to pull shotguns out of his mouth while telling my brother and sister to stay away so they wouldn't see. My father had also told me to be quiet about the abuse or I would be sent away from my brother and sister. At the age of 10, my mother finally got the courage to leave my father, but couldn't take care of the three of us kids together. She was going to split us up in different states, and I told her she couldn't separate us kids. Because of my sacrifice to keep my brother, sister, and I together, um, we had to stay living with my father, so the sexual abuse continued. <clears throat> um, eventually, my mom remarried, and we moved in with them. My stepfather loved us and raised us as if we were his own, but we started to see my father on the weekends. During that time, to avoid the pain, I started riding horses and showing on the weekends. That also got me out of seeing my father. But sadly, as I got older, the life I experienced as a child, I had started to live. The age of 13, I started smoking and drinking. I was in physically and mentally abusive relationships. The age of 17, I became a drug dealer and a drug user. I suffered from PTSD and other mental disorders, which contributed to a life of torment. <clears throat> I've had overdoses, attempted suicide multiple times, and have struggled with being an alcoholic for over 20 years, landing in and out of rehabs with no success. But during one of my stays in rehabs, I, uh, in a rehab, I met the Hoving Home ladies, and they told me about Jesus. And I kept that in mind, but I still went back out to my destructive life. After a couple of months, I then decided to call the Hoving Home, and I began a relationship with the Lord. But in my third month, an old enemy came back, and my brother committed suicide. I tried to stay, but after a month, I gave up, and I went right back out, knocking on death's door. And three years later, while alcohol was killing me, Jesus was calling me, and I answered. And I came back to the Hoving Home of January this year. Since being at the home, I am confident in who I am. I'm building an intimate relationship with Jesus. And after years of animosity, the relationship with my mother is being restored. And I have since then forgiven both of my parents. My future plans are to complete the program here at the Hoven Home and then join the Leadership Academy in Garrison, New York. And I want to help the Lord any way possible while helping others overcome. And the scripture that I stand on is Joshua 1.9. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go.
morning. My name is Maple, and I'm 42 years old. I was born and raised in Belize into a very abusive household. Not a lot of love was shown to my three sisters and I, especially from my father. So as I grew up, I looked for love, affection, and validation in all the wrong places. I started to work as an escort, and even though that seemed to be filling the void I had inside, I was slowly losing myself and began to sink into deep despair. I turned to drugs and alcohol as a way to escape. Just when I thought things could sink no lower, I accepted a ride from a stranger. He proceeded to take me to a park where he brutally beat and raped me. Battered and bruised, I ran to the street seeking help, but no one would stop. Some cars slowed down just long enough to say that they wanted to help, but out of fear of their own safety, they couldn't, and just kept going. This made me angry, bitter, resentful. I put up a wall. I plunged further into addiction, I made my pain. Finally, I thought I found love and protection when I started a relationship, but that too was temporary. He was both physically and mentally abusive to me, and it was such a regular occurrence that a friend of mine saw this and tried to intervene, and for that, he paid with his life. He was shot and murdered in front of me. At that point, I thought there was nothing good left in this world, not for me at least. I became a slave to heroin. I used to live and lived to use. Broken, depressed, suicidal, I felt like death was my only option. But God had different plans for me. After an overdose, I ended up in a hospital, and I heard a speaker talk about God's redemptive power, about how we were all predestined with a purpose and a plan in mind, and that my father on earth might not be able to love me, but I had a father in heaven, and he prepared a room in his palace for me. And that gave me the strength and the courage to walk through the doors of the Hoven home, where I began to heal, I gained a sisterhood. People loved me when I couldn't love myself. He even restored the relationship with my father and brother, and my family and my sister, so that I can stand here today, no longer a slave to heroin, but a servant to the Lord. No longer a victim, but his victorious daughter. I now have purpose, plan, a future, where I plan to attend the Leadership Academy, where I can move on to minister to women who are in darkness and despair like I was. I want my children to know the Lord. I want my children's children to know the Lord. I'm here to break generational curses and to receive what was promised, which was life everlasting with my Father in heaven. So the scripture I can stand on here today is Colossians 1, 13, 14. For he has rescued us from the domain of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the son that he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. And all the 
Come on, put your hands together. That was great, guys. You know, every time, I've been in ministry for a little, way, a little, little bit of days. I'm not going to tell you because I'm really young. <laughs> and, um, and so I, I totally know your stories. And every time I hear the stories, it never gets old for me because, you know, I, I was sort of like, it ain't the degree we're at, but the reality is that when you're in the dark places so many times, the way that God comes in and brings deliverance and help. I want you to all remember where you were when deliverance came into your camp. Don't make a difference how old it's been, how old you are, it matters not, but it's his story, his story in you. That guy did a work, and when I hear a lot of my friends I grew up with did. So I praise God, you're living, you're alive. Um, and I want to also just, when I hear stories of testimonies, you've been under a lot of tests. How many understand a test? You know, see, I, I'm a preacher, but I'm the most unlikely candidate to be a preacher. And, and every time I'm reminded of that, the people that I hung with and you know, they were the, the worst in my neighborhood, the worst in the school, the worst, the worst, the worst. And that's why most of them never didn't make it. I, I just want to say this to you. Don't quit. If you don't quit, you'll win. I'm just going to tell you something, and I want to encourage you. One of my life scriptures is Philippians 1, 6. Be confident of this very thing, that he which begun a good work in you shall perform until the day of Jesus Christ. Now, that means, that means this. He starts it. He works it, and he finishes it. But you have to stay in the journey. And the enemy of your soul will rise up everybody possible to come on in to make it seem an easier way. But I'm going to tell you something. Stay steady, and you will see. Let me share a little bit that you don't know about you. Some of the people in the church do, but, you know, I cheated my way through school. I just was always in trouble. I got a lot of vacations in school. They sent me home. <laughs> uh, but, but that being said, that being said, I finished my doctorate. I, I've, I've actually gone all through so a lot of education and stuff, and I'm still in another school because I still want to learn. I still want to grow. And it's what God has done in me because I was a kid that they made fun of a little bit. I had a lisp. I was always in trouble. I acted up because I didn't understand things in school, so you don't want to say you don't understand, so what do you do? Cause trouble. <laughs> because, and so I want you to just don't quit, even though the people hurt you. God loves you. God loves you. I don't care what you've been through. It's what you're going to that counts. And when people treat you mean and people do things that are so wrong, remember, they don't know Jesus. They're just part of the world. They're just part. Of, that's just sin. Everything in this world's broken. Everything's broken because sin came into the picture. Everything's broken. People are broken. That's why Jesus came to put us back together again. The creator wants to have a relationship with his creation. And when that takes place, that's when he picks you up, cleans you up, and then gets you going. So don't quit. Young ladies... I love the scripture. I share it with everybody, but Psalms 139. I'll use, I love this chapter, but on 14, you're fearfully and wonderfully made. 
And we sometimes look at ourselves in the mirror and, you know, we want to pick out all the flaws. We want to do this, do this. And, and you miss it. God don't make junk. People may say stuff to you. They said plenty of stuff to me. I'm a nothing. I'm a big zero. Well, God came into my life, and now he's my hero. And so when you grab hold of the Lord and stuff, he'll even call you to make that influence that some of you want to do. You may feel like you're the most unqualified, and that's okay, because he qualifies the unqualified. He strengthens the weak, and he makes a way. But you got to trust him. you got to trust him. It's about trust. And if you trust and don't rust, you're going to do great things. Anybody can rust, amen? <laughs> but you got to trust them. It's a relationship. Well, we thank you for joining us today. Let's continue to believe that God is going to do a work in all of our lives and in His church, despite our current circumstances. If you would like to support the ministry of Salem First Assembly, you can do so by mailing to 430 Route 45, Salem, New Jersey, 08079, or by visiting our website at salemfirstag.org. Please join us for service next Sunday at 1030 a.m., or you can watch service every Sunday afternoon on Facebook at Salem First Assembly or YouTube at Salem First AG. You can also listen to the message every Tuesday on Podbean. Have a blessed rest of your day. Let's remember to be a blessing and that life is living in faith every day.